0: Thank you for tuning in to the St. Thomas Episcopal Church Advent Calendar Podcast. We hope this episode will be a blessing to you, as you are to us for tuning in today. Enjoy. Friends, these are times, strange times, different times, and it calls for us to sometimes, I I guess, think outside the box. Advent is this incredible season in the church. It's a time when we change kind of all the colors in the church to blue or purple. The purple signifies to us a kingship. We are changing the colors because we're saying we're preparing for the coming of the king, right? Everything in Advent is leading up to Christmas, this incredible moment when God is among us. Emmanuel, we sing. God is with us. Advent is meant to be that time when we're preparing ourselves and thinking, how is God with us? Where is God in our everyday life, in our world? We can see a lot of the chaos of the year But I think there's also time for reflection to say, but where is the goodness? Where is the light? Where is the hope in 2020? So we're going to try something new. You know, in my family, we always have an Advent uh, calendar. An Advent calendar is the 25 days or so leading up to Christmas. And every day, you open a different little package, and sometimes there's a surprise or um There's all kinds of Advent calendars. What kind of Advent calendars have you had in your life? Sometimes there's a surprise like a little piece of chocolate that you can enjoy. Sometimes there might be a little Christmas ornament or maybe a little word of wisdom or a a moment of hopefulness. Um, I've also seen some bizarre ones like hot sauce of the day or English tea uh, Advent calendar or Legos even. You can find just about any kind that you want. But the same... It's true across the board, the purpose is to be preparing ourselves and making us think and even looking forward to it. We wake up excited in the morning, wondering, how am I preparing myself today for God? So what we want to try at St. Thomas is something different as we prepare. Not an Advent calendar, because I think you probably don't want me coming by all of your houses and coughing all over you. This is a time where we have to be socially distanced and still be safe. And we've moved a lot of things online, so this is our virtual attempt. Here's what we're going to do. Every day I'm going to drop a different podcast episode, an episode that you can uh, listen to, and we promise that they're going to be short. My goal is to make these, you know, 8 to 10 minutes about the length of a sermon where I interview somebody different from our community, from St. Thomas Parish. We have so many people here at St. Thomas that have such incredible jobs, and they work in different uh so many different ways, from education to healthcare to social services, uh, people that kind of run the gamut, and and we're going to talk about how they found that work and what they do, what their hours of the day, and how they experience God through that day. And I hope that in that, it will cause you to reflect upon how God is moving in your life and how God works works with you. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm a priest, and so I'm thinking about God all the time. But I'm not so naive to think that every day we wake up and run to work thinking, oh, I can't wait to experience holiness today, or oh, God is going to be so rich and abundant in my life today. The truth is that often we go to work, uh, and it's a drag. Often we go, and we're struggling to make it through the day. Often we go because they pay us, and that's the, the biggest incentive. But even in those struggles, even in those hard times, I do believe God is with us. I'll give you two stories from my own life. Of course, before I uh, became a priest, after I graduated from college, I joined the Peace Corps for two years. I was a high school teacher in Kazakhstan, in the northern part of Kazakhstan, uh, just under the, the southern belt of Siberia. So we were in that region that was like the frozen tundra. Ew. Around this time of year, around you know Halloween, you get the first massive snow, and the permafrost would just you know the, the tundra would just kind of stay frozen. And it would accumulate. And by the end of the of the winter, they could last for four or five months. By April and, and May, when the snow would begin to melt, you realized that the snow had accumulated so much that we were several feet higher. That, you know, when the ice would ev- eventually melt from the streets, you'd realize you're at least a foot or two above the street level. That's just how much ice would fall and snow would fall. And so it was a cold time, it was a dark time. I was teaching high school uh, for the first time in my life. And I would leave my apartment and I would walk uh, about a mile and a half to the school. There was only two paved roads in our little village. And I I would walk down and I would kind of shuffle through the snow and it was bitter. I mean, it'd be negative 20 degrees, negative 30. One time I got to school, and it just felt like a blizzard outside, and I could barely breathe. I felt like the lungs, my lungs just couldn't expand enough. And I finally got inside the building, and the bell rang, and no students came. And I looked around, and I finally found a janitor. And I said, where is everybody? And he told me in, in his Russian, and I was like trying to communicate and understand with him. And he said, Josiah, when it's minus 40 degrees, school is automatically canceled. I was like Well, how the heck am I supposed to know when it's minus 40 degrees? You know, negative 20 is also super cold. And in those bleak hours, you know, I had a lot. It was hard. Teaching is really, really hard. And I think especially your first year or two of teaching, when you're really grappling with the fundamentals of it, the pedagogy of it, and you're discovering lesson plans that work and lesson plans that fail really hard. In that same two years, my father was diagnosed with cancer, the cancer that would eventually take his life. In those same two years, I didn't get a chance to go back and visit my family. I was just gone, and I felt so isolated, and I felt uh, so lonely in that experience. And also, it was one of the holiest times of my life. It was one of those moments where I could see, not necessarily God with me at the time, but upon reflection. That I was learning so much about myself, In that loneliness, I learned to be introspective. In that loneliness, I learned to think about what really does matter the most in my life. I began to really study uh, scriptures and theology, and I began asking bigger questions of What do I want my life to be about? And what is the great purpose of my life? In those two years, at times when it felt so hard and such a, a deep struggle, I really discovered, I think, a lot about my own discernment and my call that would lead me to become a priest, to dedicate myself to not just working, but to working for this kingdom of God. Those two years became a beautiful period of my life, especially upon reflection where I could see how God was really present with me every day. I came home from Kazakhstan, and I had some journeys before that, but I eventually made my way home to to West Virginia, where I worked um, as a very low-level counselor in a mental hospital. And this is a period where I began kind of formal discernment. I began working with my diocese and saying, am I called to be a teacher? Am I called to be a counselor? Or am I called to go to seminary? And so I began working in this mental hospital while also going through this process of discernment with people in my church, asking these big questions. And I loved what I was doing as a counselor. I loved it because it was so raw and so real. I was dealing with... Uh, mostly youth who had tried to hurt themselves or hurt other people. Kids that were struggling, teenagers who were struggling with themselves, struggling with those things that we all struggle with, with our identity, with our family, with how to move through life uh, in a meaningful way. Kids who were, I thought, absolutely normal and just needed some tools to make better decisions. I also dealt with people with addiction issues, people with um, all kinds of mental health issues and crises and I love that work because it was real because I got to meet people who were hurting and say let's do something about that let's find ways to help you uh, take the next step forward let's find ways to make it through this hour and maybe through this day and maybe even find tools to make it through the year but it's also a really hard time when you're dealing with people in crisis when you're dealing with someone who had just tried to commit suicide a few hours earlier right and, I've, and in that moment, I thought, this is the most holy place I could be. And I still believe to this day that mental hospitals in particular, but hospitals are holy ground, they're sacred ground. And I love that work of, of being with people at the absolute rawest time of their life. But I also wanted to share this good news I experience of God. And I couldn't do that as a counselor. I said, I wanted to be in that moment and, and be with people in tragedy and say, and yet, Let's talk about how God does love you and that God hasn't given up on you. And, and we need to talk about God as part of your holistic healing. That if we're going to heal your body and we're going to heal your mind and we're going to heal uh, you, you completely, then we need to talk about God as well. And so I realized all that was leading me to this discernment that became my vocation now as an Episcopal priest. That I learned through the struggles as a teacher that I love teaching and that I want to always be teaching especially teaching about God and about scripture and and particularly about the Old Testament. And I learned from my time as a counselor that I love working with people in hardship and in crisis because I think that's where we meet God the most. And so I found through those experiences I found God was working with me and that God was very much in my life. And I'm not sure where you're working these days or if you're working or if you're staying at home or how you're filling up your time. I don't know if you're working as a, as a school teacher or as a nurse or uh, as a banker or as a financial planner, but I believe that God is with you in your work as well. I believe that God is moving through your life and through your faith and having an effect on the other people that you run into every day and that God is transforming the world because of your life, and because of your faith, and because of your work, I'm going to offer to you this podcast series, this Advent Calendar podcast series, as a way to think about your own life, and how God is with you. I'd love to talk to you more about this. I would love to spend more time talking with everyone in the world about how God is in their world, and I'd love to talk to you more. But I hope you accept this as our humble offering. I hope this is something that enriches your Advent and prepares you for that Christmas morning, that day when we say, God is here, God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you. May God bless you and keep you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the St. Thomas Episcopal Church Advent Calendar Podcast. This is the Reverend Josiah Ringers inviting you to join us every Sunday at St. Thomas at 8.15, 10.30, or 5 p.m. or online. Check us out at StThomasEpiscopal.net. Thanks again. May God bless you.